Welcome to another episode of Bro History. It's uh, Henry Zamoda and Danny Abdel Jabbar. Wow, Jabbar. you said it right this time. <laughs> Jabbar, Jabbar. Bar, 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 bar. That's what they used to call, uh, that's what the Romans used to call everyone else. That, that's right. That's, that's where what, we get the word barbarians because they sound like they're just going bar, 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 bar. Bar, 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 bar. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? Um, yeah, so today I think we're going to cover a couple different topics. We're not going to concentrate on just one thing, um, mainly because I think we've been covering a lot of depressing shit lately. So we wanted to take kind of a, uh, I don't know, maybe do more of a comedy episode if we can turn these <laughs> topics into funny things because we're talking about. Um, concentration camps in china um well that's on the list yeah definitely what else is on the list um i have uh erdogan showing the yeah so yeah we picked us we picked some lighter topics we picked uh erdogan showing the new zealand terrorist attack and there's one that i that i would love to there's one that i would love to start with and that is my favorite topic beto oh fucking rourke Beto, Beto, what's up? What do you have to say? I know last time we spoke about him, he wasn't running, and now he is. And I said that I would do more research on his policy. If we, where we left off, I said that we would do more research. I would do more research on his policy when he decided to run. Um, and then he ran that next then he, day. <laughs> then he ran that next. It was like four hours after we recorded it, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is which is kind of which is pretty hilarious. I still haven't looked at his policy. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. I haven't. I haven't really. I haven't really assessed this. His uh, the situation yet. We have a long time. We have two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plenty of less time than two years. To check out Beto. Well, I mean, like personally, I'm I'm reserving all my judgments on the Democratic side until uh, we start the debates because, frankly, between now and the first debate, probably a lot of shit's gonna happen. You know, a lot of the candidates that jump in, understandably so, are gonna start formulating their policy ideas. Um, and, you know, what I wanted to do is just give you like a brief introduction of, of some of Beto's policy. Uh, I'll even send you some of the links. I, I found a really good Times article um, that uh, I, I think, you know, summates his, you know, uh, few policy positions um, in, in a way that's digestible. Um, but definitely just wanted to talk about that a little bit um, just for a couple minutes because uh, I thought it was hilarious that uh, you said that you were going to do this, so <laughs> I'm holding you to it, so to speak. And we can talk more about him as as the um, as the <laughs> the race heats up. So what's Beto about? I really, I honestly don't know anything about Beto. I don't know anything about him except I haven't even read into the, the hit pieces yet. You know, usually when I want to, <laughs> when I have, when somebody has a. Um, a biased opinion like mine because i i'll admit I'm, I'm biased i'm already like negative towards him based off that <laughs> stupid skateboard video I'm, I'm negative that turned me off right away like my my perception of beto was just like an artificial creation for the dnc they're like we need to make the perfect candidate let's make a cool young attractive guy that makes people reminisce of john f kennedy Oh, he rides a skateboard. He looks like he's a stoner. Perfect. Let's get him out there. He'll be perfect. I, that's that's my perception of Beto O'Rourke. <clears throat> I really don't know much about his. I don't know much about his policy at all. I know he's kind of. I, I just hear what what I hear about Beto O'Rourke of Rourke is honestly not 
I don't hear it from the conservative perspective because conservatives don't really talk about them that much. It's, Not really. The conservatives are, are usually going after the more socialist, progressive wing. Right, the Bernies um, and the Warrens yeah. and the, you know, so on and so forth. I get it. No, I, I totally get that. And um, I think what I'd like to say is that uh, for the reasons why you don't hear very much about him is is why I think uh, Republicans should be very afraid of him. Um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll lay out a couple of reasons for that, and then we, maybe we can get into the funnier aspects of Beto. Um, so so Beto's pretty, like, moderate uh, as far as the, the, the platform goes. Uh, I think— where he's occupying right now is kind of like a, you know, uh, an anti-Bernie almost. Um, uh, he's super middle of the road, and I think, uh, and he's admitted to this. Um, the optimist always wins is like his his uh, ideology for for campaigning, right? So he's gonna expect him to run a very optimistic, you know, free spirited, like hopeful kind of um, campaign. Um, and for that reason, you'll probably also not get a ton of specificity out of him. Um, so I'm going to do my best at, at, uh, describing where I think he's super tight, uh, and describing where he is kind of like loosey goosey with it. Sure. Um, and, and let me interrupt you real quick. So yeah, go ahead. So it sounds to me that his platform is just vague DNC talking points. Um, I mean, it's, it's not... Uh, it's not as vague as I think uh, you might expect, um, but uh, because of the way that he wants to run his campaign, because of the the flavor of how he um, how he is running and, and how he does politics, you're gonna get a lot of like hopeful um, statements uh, that could definitely come off as uh, uh, vague, but at the same time, you're gonna get uh, you know a lot of. Uh, these very middle of the road um, kind of a, a, a compromised base uh, approach to his policies. So, if we want to talk about one thing that I think he's pretty like pretty strongly to the left, it's it's on immigration. I think this is his big, you know, um, linchpin for not only just his campaign for president, but also his campaign for uh, uh, senator, the one that he lost uh, to Ted Cruz, and that's that's the immigration uh, deal. So obviously he comes from El Paso, uh, which is a border town, uh, and you know he uses that as cred, like kind of uh, political street cred, um, to talk about why he thinks that immigration isn't as big of a problem as you know people on the right would have you think. Um, so definitely uh, in in opposition to the wall, uh, and he lives on it in a town with a wall. Um, there are some interesting statistics on this that I don't want to dive too deeply on because I feel like people on, on YouTube are going to tear me apart if I say the wrong thing. Um, but there's some like conflicting uh, statistics on whether or not the wall uh, did a very good job in El Paso or not. And nevertheless, El Paso happens to be one of the safest cities in the United States. Um, so definitely against that, he was staunchly opposed to, to President Trump's um, and, and and largely the, the rights um immigration policy there he's a big supporter of the dream act uh definitely thinks that you know immigration and uh what did you say in, in some of those commercials diversity is our strength um you know he, he's he believes that um the immigration issue when we bring in people to our country we enrich the culture we we bring up everyone together and we get ideas from all over the place that's kind of his linchpin and i think that's probably the farthest left left that you'll get um, for Beto O'Rourke, um, just 
for lack of better words, I wouldn't exactly say that he's an open border guy, but you you should definitely expect a lot of the right to you know to throw those um <laughs> throw those things at him. Um, so that's that's the first point. Do you have any comment on that? Yeah. Um, it just sounds like. All so right. what what exactly like there's no uh, there's no policy like that. yeah he's more he's more he he believes in diversity and strength and that's where, where America's strength comes from that's not policy that's rhetoric you know what I mean like that's not does, did he lay out an immigration program did he lay anything out like that like does he have does he have an immigration policy or is it just like oh well you know <laughs> it's nice to have some more Mexicans around or diversity is our strength we need to take from every culture that's not a policy yeah. that's rhetoric for. That, that's safe. Yeah, in, in fair, in so in in fairness, I don't think that you're gonna get many people who have solid policy like proposals down on paper right now, you know. Uh, and I don't think that this is the stage in the game that people start laying that shit out anyway. This is the stage in the game where people start making the case for their arguments. Where kind of like the thesis statement of the paper, right? You don't get into the meat and potatoes before before you lay out what this what the thesis is. I mean. Donald Trump didn't have any of this at this stage of the game. Shit, Donald Trump didn't have any of this, any concrete proposals until the debates actually started. So um, I don't think that's fair. But if we want to get into a, a specific example of how uh, he's tying in immigration, he's using it also as an economic linchpin. So, for example, uh, his he is a staunch um, opponent of, of uh, kind of some of these trade wars that, that we're getting into under the Trump administration, uh, specifically around agriculture. And uh, one thing that's quite obvious among a lot of people is, you know, a lot of folks that work on the farms, you know, picking the strawberries and shit are illegal immigrants. Right. So um, if you take into consideration uh, our aggressive stance against um against immigration both legal and and legal and illegal uh and the trade tariffs that we're going he's uh making the the statements that the that both of those things taken together are hurting the agricultural uh the economy vis-a-vis the the agriculture uh industries so uh by allowing more immigration where he's proposing that actually we'd be supporting agriculture in a lot of ways because those low uh, wage earning jobs that are traditionally taken by immigrants um, would continue to be taken by immigrants. Uh, so I think that's that's kind of an interesting um, uh, way to uh, formulate both an immigration standpoint and an economic standpoint, right? So he's talking about the you know the the, the points of the trade wars uh, and how that's hurting our farmers, but also on the opposite side, the labor issue, right, uh, which is directly tied in with immigration as well. Uh, in, in many statistics show that, you know, uh, these documented and undocumented immigrants are taking those jobs. So, you know, it's making for a really bad bet for farmers. And I think that's something that not only Texan farmers can probably get behind, but probably a lot of farmers across the country. Uh, so that's kind of more specific. What do you think? So he's for more immigration. So farmers stop hiring illegal immigrants am i getting that clear to like pick lemons and stuff well i mean let, let's let's uh let's go into like a utopian like a right-wing utopia where we have a giant border wall and we get no illegal immigrants well you know the unintended consequence of that is that um folks that run farms don't really have a whole lot of um legal or illegal 
immigrants that could work those farms at lower prices. Uh, so when you think about it that way, it's probably uh, an issue uh, if you're a farmer, that is. And if you take that into consideration with some of the trade wars that we're getting uh, into with uh, countries like China and, and, and elsewhere, it becomes harder for us to then export the goods that now cost more for us to produce because we don't have cheap labor. So there's like an economic underpinning to that as well. So what's his policy on like the minimum wage and stuff like that? Well, I mean, obviously he thinks that we should be treating, you know, um, these low paid workers with dignity and respect. I don't actually have a figure on what, you know, how much he believes that the minimum wage should be. And I don't think he's made a, a position or a stance on that. Um, but I think taking those things into consideration, I, I'd imagine that he would be for, you know, uh, easier path for citizenship for Im immigrants, definitely for uh, these these kids who were brought to the country against their will, um, uh, dreamers specifically. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you a strong position that he would have uh, for that because I just frankly haven't found one yet. Um, so we got, go ahead. So when it comes to immigration, and listen, right? I'm not. Um, here's what I believe when it comes. <clears throat> here's what I believe when it comes to immigration. I believe you can either have one or the other. You can have open borders. You can have a very laissez-faire immigration policy, and have very little social benefits. So, be like it, just not dish out a lot of social services. Or the other, like, or or if you're going to have social services, a lot of salt, like if you're going to have a welfare state, I mean, the U.S. is a welfare state, then you can't have a laissez-faire immigration policy. So you got to figure out what you want to be. Like, I think under Bernie Sanders policy, then you can't have, you can't have open borders under Bernie Sanders policy. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's arguing for a laissez-faire, you know, border policy, though. Um, there's There's a difference between saying like, hey, anybody can come in and do whatever you want. And uh, what I believe that a lot of the Democrats are, are pushing for is just um, a more reasonable way to to join the country legally. You know, um, I, have a, I have a good friend uh, whose wife is from Poland, and she's a dreamer. She was born in Poland, but brought over uh, as a young kid, and, and she's recently just gotten married. And Oftentimes, a lot of people um, uh, think about like, oh, you just have to marry a United States citizen and you get like fast track to your, you know, um, fast track to your visa or fast track to your uh, citizenship. And that's not actually the case. Uh, and she went to school here. She pays her taxes here. You know, she's doing everything um, the correct way. Uh, but it's still very, very difficult, and she's still going through that process. And I think she just recently got her green card after several years and marrying an an American citizen. You know, so I think that it. And and I'm speaking very broadly here uh, for Democrats. I I don't think that anyone's saying just like, yeah, let's open up the floodgates, let anybody in and out. You know, who cares? We don't need a border. Fuck it. You know, I'm actually I'm sure that there's probably some people on the far left that that do believe that. Um, I am not one of them, but I think that they're that they're trying to say, hey. The immigration system is broken, and Beto is definitely trying to say immigrants help our society uh, in many ways, and they benefit our economies in many ways. Uh, why do we have to make it so difficult for them to legally obtain, you know, whether that's a green card or uh, working visas or, you know, in many cases, citizenship? 
you know? So I, I agree with you. I don't think that you can have a laissez-faire um, kind of border policy and just say, hey, let, let anyone come in and, and do whatever and have a social, like, uh, like a welfare state. Um, but I don't think anyone's, like, pitching for that right now, not at least out of the candidates that I'm seeing right now, and definitely not, not um, Beto. I think he's, he's trying to take a middling approach to this. He's trying to say, hey, I've been there. I got street cred. I know exactly what it's like when you're when you, uh, in a community that's Im- comprised of mostly immigrants they're beneficial to our to our society we just need to figure out a better way to get them in and legal and and collectively it'll it'll bring up the economy in that way and i think that's that's kind of one the the linchpin for his both economic and immigration policies um i guess where uh, where he's not super strong um is on the healthcare uh portion of it i, I know that uh, a lot of folks on the democratic side are are you know yeah you know, like our Bernie Sanders out there? They're saying you know healthcare for everybody, you know for free forever. Um, he's free healthcare. Mm- <laughs> it's a, it's a healthcare is a right. Healthcare is a right. You see, it's kind of like when I want to get a band aid, I need to find a place that has a band aid and they give it to me because I have a toenail that has cut my skin and it's bleeding on my foot and I cannot get it and I will need stitches and I don't. Where's my pudding? <laughs> um, no, so I mean I like I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't resist. I hear you. Um, or yeah, I mean it, Bernie rants. In that case, it's like a lot of people. He's he's not quite said that he's for free universal health care. He's kind of come a little bit short on that. Um, he was in favor of single payer for a minute. Um, I think he he's looking to posture himself on a hybrid of, you know, high quality government insurance plus free market insurance. And I'm not entirely certain how he's going to make that work. Um, but you know, this again is just one of those things that I'm not, I'm not super solid on that, that I'm not entirely certain where he stands. Um, so just something I think about. Well, he's probably more. He's probably closer to what I believe in domestically, as far as policy goes, than the guy. Not the guy. The gal that I'm kind of pulling for in the DNC right now, and that's really just solely due to her foreign policy right now. And it's mainly, I'll, I, I mean, I'll, I obviously I'm going to check out Beto in more detail as more of his policy comes out and more of his, you know, what what he molds his campaign around. I just find there's really not that much out there yet. So sure. I, you laid, I mean, out, I, you laid a, out you laid out a good foundation for him, and uh, definitely as far as as far as what he's running on. So I'll I'll, I'll see what I'll see what he is about. The um, last thing I'll say on him though is is I think that like his defining moment in that Ted Cruz campaign is is on uh, when when he talks about um, the NFL players kneeling, you know, like someone put him on the spot in one of those town halls that he went to, and he was like, you know, what do you think about this NFL? players kneeling and disrespecting the flag or whatever however the hell they phrase the the question and and i think he did a really fucking good job at just being like hey no this is peaceful protest like i can think of nothing more american than you know peacefully standing up standing up or (laughs) in this case taking a knee uh for what you believe in and i mean this is something that we've talked about really early on in the show you know he definitely doesn't think that they did anything wrong um and uh, that wasn't the politically expedient thing to say. You know, he could have danced around the issue. He could have said, like, I support troops and I do this and that and the other. He just came out right out and said it. And I think that's that, at least on the left, was like people were clamoring for someone to just say that. 
just like not dance around the issue and just be like, hey, it's freedom of speech. You know, he they were believing in something that you might not agree with. They're totally within their rights to do so. And it wasn't violent at all. So what you bitching about? <laughs> and I think that that was like, you should watch that video. I think it was pretty interesting. And, and I think just based on our conversations on that topic specifically, you'd probably, he'd probably score a few points with you. Probably not. Political rhetoric doesn't score me points. Unless you're hilarious like Trump, then that, that does score points with me. Or Bernie. That does point. Or, or Ber- I mean, Bernie. You gotta get. You gotta get Bernie. I, credit, I, I mean, He's Bernie's funny. entertaining to me. Like I, I find Bernie Sanders incredibly entertaining. Um, I don't agree with really anything he says, but like I find, I find, <laughs> I there's something kind of endearing about him, about the old bastard. Um, so I wanted to talk to you. This is this is we didn't discuss this before, but Trump. You heard what he said about McCain. Oh fuck him, dude. <laughs> that was. I died when I heard him say it. So oh, for everyone, no, I got to play the recording. <laughs> um, I'll play the recording right now. I'm very unhappy that he didn't repeal and replace Obamacare, as you know. He campaigned on repealing and replacing Obamacare for years. And then he got to a vote and he said, thumbs down. And our country would have saved a trillion dollars and we would have had great health care. Uh, so he campaigned. He told us hours before that he was going to repeal and replace. And then for some reason, I think I understand the reason, he ended up going thumbs up. And frankly, had we even known that, I think we would have gotten a vote because we could have gotten somebody else. So I, did, I think that's disgraceful. Uh, plus, there are other things. I was never a fan of John McCain, and I never will be. Never was a fan. I'll never be a fan of his. Never be a fan of his. Ah, good, man. I guess are we? I, I don't know, man. Like, can like, I can like, I talk shit real openly about John McCain yet, or what? Am I? Are we past? It? Is it? Is it? Too I mean, you are correct now. I mean, it's it's a free country, man. You're welcome to say anything you like. I I am definitely not a fan of John McCain. Um, so I'll just I don't want to go into like a different rant, but like when I'm just I'm not a fan of anything that John McCain McCain did while he was a senator. I'll just put it that way. He had some brave moments, but um, just not a fan of what he did. So I mean, specific, what what pro- okay? This might be like a fucking loaded question, but what prompted Trump to just start picking on McCain out of nowhere? Like that's that's the point that I'm not getting. I only saw the tweets, and I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? Why is he talking about John McCain right now? Um, why, why did this get brought up? I don't know. That's a good question. I only and, saw that, the highlights. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what what like got under my skin. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like you know, you're a dick clearly but like why are you like what's the point of why you're talking about uh, someone john probably McCain asked him right and he doesn't like john mccain and that's probably the reality like oh that's john so mccain stupid. oh never was a fan never it's just was like a fan. you know there, there was a bunch of shit going on too you know that you know the the attacks in new zealand was happening you know and he tweeted like maybe once or twice about that and then he went on like an eight tweet long rant about john mccain it's like dude the f- get a separate twi- Twitter account for this shit. Like, I don't know. So yeah. So um, we spoke about the New Zealand attack personally, and I did a podcast mm-hmm. on it the other day. Um, right. So I don't know if you know the just of my my argument over it, but my fear. 
See, I hate identity politics. Like, like that's probably one of the main themes of this podcast, or at least for me, is like I hate identity politics a lot, and I hate them. And I hate them in all of its form. You know, I hate identity politics from the right, and I hate it from the left. I hate, I hate identity politics. I hate identity politics in the Middle East, which is like where I kind of focus this podcast on, like the Sunnis and the Shiites and all that. Um, I just, I think that the combination of sectarian and ethnic divide is a recipe for just total disaster and when politicians and when anyone actively tries to what erdogan did and what i don't know if you heard of what erdogan did the president yeah. of turkey so yeah. he's going around and he's playing at his can at political rallies he's going ahead of these political rallies and he's playing clips of the mosque shooting in new zealand yeah and he's yeah. saying that this is like this is this is Christian on Muslim crime. I am your great protectorate. Rising Islamophobia is coming to sweep around to sweep the world, and you're all going to be taken up. And the reason why he's doing it is for political reasons, because obviously, for his main opponent is a uh, his main political opponent is a uh, is a secularist. He's a uh, I've. He has. He's from like a very minority sect of Islam. Doesn't really. Doesn't really. Uh, practice. He's not like the religious type. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to slam him, and he's been also the the other guy's been uh, critical of like um, Islamic Islamist terrorism and stuff like that. Right. So he's trying to use that those videos to slam him, saying like, "Look at this guy. This is this is the type of behavior that endorses shootings like this." And he's just playing this on live TV, and it's really irresponsible to be doing that, just to try to make the situation worse than it. Yeah, I mean, he's stirring is. up the pot. You know, I mean, I I think it was like New Zealand and Australia had had asked their um you know vis a vis their diplomats in Turkey like, please do not go around playing videos of this shit because it's just gonna it's just gonna piss people off you know and it's it's gonna cause more harm than good um and 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 facebook was taken down like they took down like 1.5 million versions of this uh you know of this particular video within the first 24 hours like there's a reason i mean they're not censoring it there's a reason why they like people would prefer not having this shit all over the place it's because it pisses people off right and you know, it can be used for propaganda. Ergo, uh, our good friend over there, Taip Erdogan. That is. Yeah, like I hate censorship in all of its forms. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big free speech person, no matter what your opinions are. But I find it really just dis- like I, I'm very grossed out by watching like violence and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like I hate, right. I can't watch like the ISIS beheadings and things. I. They're, I mean, it's they, they it's, fuck it's, with me hardcore. It's um, one thing to play it like like for context a couple of times, but like it, it's very clear what Erdogan is doing. You know? Yeah, he's not he's not doing this because he's like, hey, you guys need to see this because this is a real issue and like you know we need to do something about it. He's like playing that shit to get some brownie points. Like, hey, look at this shit. You know, look at the evil white people that are killing our Islam uh, our Muslims and shit, you know, like it's, it's disgusting, you know? And it, it, the thing about him though, Erdogan is a despot. 
Yeah. He's a despot, and he has the blood of a lot of Muslims on his hands. Right. Like, you got to remember that that Erdogan is he he throws his his uh, political opponents in jail. He's a war criminal. Right. He he actively funds jihadists that mm-hmm. kill civilians actively, right. actively. And he, he might have staged well, not a coup. Even, well, they're not they're not funding <laughs> him anymore. Not they're not funding um, Al Rasham anymore. But they were funding them throughout the entire Syrian. Syrian war, and right. were, that was a group that was lopping people's heads off. Right. Um, he ethnically cleanses the Kurds, who are Muslims, That's right. who are pro- predominantly Muslim. That's right. So he's a fucker, and right. uh, you know he's just a he's a political despot, strongman, and he's just using that video for political gain, and it's pretty fucked up. He's a hypocrite. He's one of the most fucked up leaders that we're allied with, yeah. like Erdogan. MBS. Along with MBS, are probably the two most fucked up, fucked up allies. So Erdogan, um, I guess they're going back and forth with uh, with Australia and New Zealand, the Australia and New Zealand, mm-hmm. and um, he said something that was pretty offensive to Australians. Well, I would imagine it would be offensive to Australians. He said it's offensive that to anyone. I'm offended yeah. by it. That's crazy. Let me bring that Guardian article up again. Do you have that article in front of your face? I want to read it. Uh, I got it in my phone. Um, you can you read what he said because it's just I thought it was. I would be fucking pissed if he said if he said something like that and phrased it. Let me try to get the actual quote because they're like breaking up the quote into. It doesn't look like this article has the direct quote, but it has the read, context. I can read of the it. yeah the paragraph of it. It said, um, "So in inflammatory comments on Monday, Erdogan suggested that anyone who comes to Turkey with anti-Muslim sentiments would be sent back in coffins, like their grandfathers were, during the Gallipoli campaign." Yeah, I'd be pissed off. Um, if someone said that, like, if they were phrasing that towards Americans and they're like, like their grandfathers did on Omaha beach, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would be, I would be pissed. Um, I'm sure. And like, all right. I want to say one thing about this. Like, I kind of, I think I understand what he was going for, but I also understand that he's just a shit bag, you know? So what I think he's trying to go for, and, and this is in, 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 in the context of him showing all the videos of, of what happened in Christchurch in New Zealand, um, was that a lot of these folks from uh, Australia and New Zealand are going to be coming over to Turkey uh, on April 25th um, to, I don't know, celebrate or commemorate. I, I don't really know what the best word for that would be. Um, the, the start of the Gallipoli campaign there. In Turkey, and is it uh, the 100 year anniversary? I don't know if it's the 100 year anniversary, but I know that the, the people frequent Turkey, like people from that region, from Australia, New Zealand, they they frequent that region like on this date to like no. commemorate that. Um, and what's what's interesting about that is that I think that he's trying to make the point that these white uh australian and new zealanders are 
Christian and anti-Islam, and now they're about to come to our doorstep for this, like, thing, and they're going to bring with them their hatred, and they're going to bring with them, you know, their Christian terrorists. I think that's that's the point that he was trying to make, um, and, and when he said he'd be sending them back in coffins, we'd be like, you know, we'll kill your terrorists, but he's also a shitbag, so... You know, even if that's what he meant, he's still an asshole, and his delivery was fucking shameless and tasteless, and fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, seriously, what's, why, why would you speak that way? Just doesn't, it's, it's unbecoming of a world leader. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's distasteful to the victims, to, to use their pain and suffering as just kind of right. like a political prop. First That's of all, right. That's right. also it just ignites a lot of backlash and hate from the opposite side. Like, That's right. Listen, <clears throat> um, when you're trying to promote sectarian divide, it's just it's always a bad thing, right? You can even argue that. I mean, this is not the entire reason. It's kind of a bro history argument, but you can kind of argue that it was ethnic and sectarian, or more so like ethnic divide that really started world war one do you call the national nationalism because where was it started like the reason why well not the reason i don't want to get myself in the heart in the hot water but world war one the, the whole crisis that was going on in the balkans was between serbians and germans really like i mean there, there, was, a, there was a divide there the austrian germans and the serbian slot and the slavic serbians well they considered themselves serbians but that's right. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. But there was such a kind of ethnic divide there that was extorted and turned into just – it just turned into – it sparked a global war. war. That's right. Um, so, yeah. And those, were, I mean, and those were from, like, like opposing nations, right? Like, there, there, there weren't, like, you know, friends or, like, trade partners or, like – you know, in some kind of uh, uh, military agreement with one another, you know that that divide was there. So what if in Serbia, so, Serbia and in the Austro-Hungarian yeah, Empire? Yeah. So what happened was, so they were trade partners over. So Serbia was part of the Ottoman Empire forever. That's right. They were part of the Ottoman Empire. Um, however, before they were part of the Ottoman Empire, they were. And they were an empire before they were an empire in the, in the middle ages. Like they ruled the Balkans in like the 13, 1400s and they kind of went in their decline and they were absorbed by the Ottoman empire and they hated it. And there was rebelling a lot. And eventually they kind of, um, fought for their independence, but the Ottomans could, would recapture them and they would go ahead and, um, eventually they, they got to a point where they were just, they were a vassal state more so so they would have a prince not a king and then they finally got their independence in the late 1800s like completely in the, in the congress of berlin and they um they ended up with this kind of this pathological monarch system in serbia where they would have we, we talked about this before right. like where they would have just there was these two rival families that really just could, would fight for power in Serbia over over the in the, in the eighteen hundreds and both were were despotic rulers you know they were both bad and yeah, it was like the Targaryens yeah and the it was like Targaryens you know? and the Baratheons fighting over power and 
I'm sure some Serbian will get pissed off if I said the wrong, if, if I indict both of them. But so they would fight for power, and then eventually, um, there was this one ruler who was just so unpopular. Like they were just, it was just so unpopular to the public, and it was such a problem that a kind of shadow government emerged to remove him from from power. They assassinated him. Right. But they were like kind of like a CIA comparison to what we have. Like you right. can compare like this 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 was the origin of the black hand. Like this is like the black hand that, that turned into the Serbian Nationalist Group. And they were doing things like Early twentieth century CIA. Yeah, they were like an early they were just an early twentieth century intelligence operative group, but just mm-hmm. they were in, in they would do things that would be shady, like you know, they would fund revolutionaries, um, like uh, Slavic revolutionaries and things like that. They would just do a lot of covert operations in the Balkans and Serbian interests, and um, they were really not happy with the relationship that Serbia had with the Austro-Hungarian Empire over the past 100 years, um, because they kind of looked, they thought of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, they, they thought that it was kind of a corrupt relationship between the monarchs and and uh, the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So they, it was like an extension of that corrupt monarch. So, and there was also a lot of bad blood that just went back over generations. And there was a lot of anti kind of German sentiment. I mean, that it was a German, I mean, Austro-Hungarian Empire is a whole different piece of pie to take down because it was 16 different ethnic groups that comprised an empire or 16 or 17. but it was predominantly ran by the Germans there. And there was a lot of hatred built up. And uh, they whacked the Archduke. They whacked the Archduke. And then the World War I. Then then the World War I happened. I mean, it wasn't all that. There was different things. There was different things that were going on between Germany and Britain and France and Russia and like this. World War I, like talking about the origins of World War I is really kind of hard to do it's like there's so many different pieces to it um you know there's an arms race am i ranting too much about this or is this good content i can't tell no dude i mean like i'm i'm not a historian on on world war one and, and honestly a lot of that context makes sense especially in 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 relation to where we are now in in turkey you know um because shortly after that you know after world war one with um Ataturk he had set up what modern turkey would be now and you know they 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 made uh like a kind of like a, a quasi friendship with the Australians and the and the New Zealanders that fought in Gallipoli there's like in stone there's like a, a memorial to the 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 folks who died there and who are buried there and it's, it's I'm paraphrasing here but it's it said something like uh the people who died um uh who are who are buried in this earth are not buried in like unfriendly earth or some shit like that so they so they honored the dead soldiers that died in gallipoli like after after the war they commemorated so it wasn't like they desecrated the bodies or something like that or something that that's that's right and that's and that's what makes this this thing this comment that that uh erdogan um put out just so just nasty because it's like it's literally written in stone and it was from their you know from their founder you know uh um and I guess another thing that, that sticks out to me is is it's occurring to me that both uh, you know New Zealand and 
and Australia as well as Turkey are all NATO members. So, can you, you know, to say some shit like about imagine like you go to Britain and then Britain's like, hey, if you're, you know, if, if you white nationalists come over here, we're going to send you back in fucking body bags. You know, it's like, dude, we're friends <laughs> like we're well, supposed to I... be buddies. You know? It's kind of like a sports team, you know. Like you might not like everyone on your team, but you have to work with them because you're on the same yeah, team. So yeah, you operate it, it, with people a bit hate more each decorum, other with the NATO. You know, it's no, abs- ab- absolutely. But I mean, not to the point of of, of um, threatening to kill their citizens for coming to their countries. Like that's a, it's a bit much. Hey, we did change. We almost changed French fries to freedom fries once. I mean. That was kind of stupid. <laughs> Walter Jones, R.I.P. Um, what's great about Walter Jones is that he completely changed after that. What He's about, the one who came that he up. He came, oh, but he became the biggest anti-war Republican um, in a really long time. After that, he was like he was. He started writing letters to um, families who died. He was like just incredibly apologetic about the Iraq War. He was like completely changed, and the Yemen bill was his creation. The Yemen bill. The Yemen bill was spearhead. This going. He died a couple about a month ago. The Yemen bill that um, that went through the House. Mm-hmm. That was he. That was his bill. Again, the Yemen bill that uh, um, the, is the first resolution to... that went through that went through Congress to end the war. Like it's been his. It, it was like his brainchild. Yeah, right? it, it's it was his brainchild in Congress. There you go. There you go. Like to to end the war, so he he deserves a lot of the credit. That that's been that the house has a lot of the movement is because of him, and then Bernie Sanders and Mike Lee, of course, have like kind of picked it up um, as well. But um, to go off, not to go too off topic. Uh, yeah, NATO is like a, a team where you can just be you know you know you don't have to like each other. You just have to know that. If uh, shit goes down, you're obliged by the this NATO treaty to the, the go to war. That's right. But so um, what happens if they fight each other? Like, who goes to? They're war not going to fight each other over a comment, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, people say fucked up. No, shit no, no, to each not, not a time. comment, not a comment. What if? What if they act on it though? You know, like what if what? What, what if, if who? What if peep folk Erdogan acts on it? What if he starts sending folks back in coffins? Like he said, he He's would. He's not going to do that. Um, I don't know. He's not going to do that. The the fear is like the government's not going to do anything to a foreign power. Erdogan's going to fuck with his own citizens and Kurds and people in the Middle East who are non-native. Yeah, but members. I mean, like, remember we had this we had this conversation on stochastic terrorism, man. Like you say, well, some that would be the problem. Inflammatory shit enough, right? Like some whack job in Turkey might be like, you know what? Erdogan's right. I'm going to off a couple. Uh, uh, Aussies and, and Kiwis today, you know, and it's it's possible, dude. He's totally within the realm of possibility, which is why it's so fucking dangerous and so reprehensible what he's doing. Well, it's funny that you say that because you know that shooting in the Netherlands that happened the other day. Did you hear about that? I didn't. No, jeez, there's so it many of them. A, I can't keep I up believe, with it. <laughs> yeah, there's so many of them. They're not in America for once, <laughs> right? Seriously. Um, yeah, there was three people, I believe, were killed in the Netherlands, um, and the guy was a Turk. Really? The guy was, the guy was Turkish, and he seemed, I didn't go that far into this, to the story, but he seemed to, I got the gist that he was kind of nuts, 
he was actually just kind of a crazy well, I mean, person. He was a criminal. Anyone's like, going to shoot up any amount of people it was probably a little bit nuts. Yeah, but he was like a legitimate just like criminal in the Netherlands who had rape charges under him, who was <clears throat> a real scumbag. Like he wasn't I don't think he belonged to any type of international terror group or anything like that. But um he fucking just uh he acted. I I don't know if it was in, I I honestly don't know what his motivation was if it was like inspired by what happened in New Zealand. But he did do it, and you can easily connect the dots that that was a that was a retaliation shooting. Do we know for sure? I don't. I honestly don't know. Well, that's kind of the trouble of stochastic terrorism. You can't quite draw that line very clearly, you know. But there is just a statistical model that proves that it's a thing. You know, it will happen. Just the problem is where and when. When you, when you play around with identity politics like this, it just it turns it turns into a long term cycle of violence. Right. When you collectively condemn one group, it causes the other group to collectively condemn you or your mm-hmm. group. Like that's yeah. why that's why like this thing unraveled in the Middle East and Iraq, you right. know, where it's just so much violence between Sunnis and Shiites in Iraq that it's just like, whoa, what the fuck? What the fuck's going on there? Because yeah. the power system unraveled and one group started hurting another group and then the other group retaliated against them. And um, honestly, you I gotta think, be I think, careful. You can't I, I think that that, uh, that prime minister, I think it was of either Australia or New Zealand, said it really well in that one article uh, from the Guardian. It was just like it's the you know the the leaders have like kind of a moral responsibility to cool shit down, not ratchet the shit up. You know, and, it just like. Uh, it further illustrates like what type of piece of shit Erdogan is. Like he's like, <laughs> yeah. a transparent piece of shit. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. he doesn't even try to hide it. Right. Most world leaders do a most politicians job at I believe that shit. M- yeah. <laughs> most politicians I think are are sociopathic psychos or at least have those type of tendencies. Um <laughs> but they they they're able to put that back, you know what I mean? Yeah, they button um, it up better. <laughs> they button it up a little bit. But this guy is just a str- he's a strong man in NATO. Like he's just a he's a thug. He's a thug president. Uh he just happens to be in the most strategic country in the world as far as like location is. Like there's Right. So and he's got a handful of F35s and a couple of uh <laughs> S400s on the way. So <laughs> He has a fucking he has a good ass army. Yep. That's what he does have. He has a good ass military. That's right. Um But he's a scumbag. And it's like really <laughs> funny to see him kind of butt heads with MBS. Because yeah, as bad as MBS is, MBS is bad. Right. He's a, he's he's a bad guy. <laughs> but he's like Erdogan has done like all the all the crimes that MBS has done. Erdogan is also guilty of, you know, like Erdogan is guilty of throwing political dissent in jail. Erdogan is guilty of funding radical terrorism. Erdogan is guilty of. I guess he's not guilty. uh, He's not guilty of uh, chopping up a journalist into pieces, but there's rumors about people dying. Like there's definitely those rumors out there. I guess he's not as, uh, 
as reckless as MBS, like just literally thinking that he can get away with chopping up a Washington Post journalist in the Turkish consulate, which is... Just, I mean, but we don't, you know, not not to I, dive too deeply into conspiracy theories, but like it could just be that he's better at hiding the fucked up shit that he does, you know? So There's a theory, there's a conspiracy theory. I don't subscribe to conspiracy theories. Some, I do. Because we don't, don't get all the docu- we don't get all the documents do. here at Bro. There's History. some conspiracy theories that I do subscribe to, but um, I don't subscribe to all of them. This one I'm not sure about. I can see it as a possibility. So Erdogan, you know the coup? Yeah, dude, that happened a couple of the military coup. Yeah. There's a conspiracy that staged. that was staged. It was it was yeah. staged so he could he could seems plausible accumulate power to throw some of his political dissent in jail. Yeah, it seems totally plausible. It seems one hundred percent plausible. He quelled that that coup pretty quickly. I don't know. Seems like he knew it was coming. It just took a couple of like citizens throwing, <laughs> throwing themselves as uh, human meat shields. Oh Jesus! In front of the army coup. Remember that? Uh, there was. Yeah. I was watching this special on um, D. I think it was DW Network. It was a German Do- documentary. Deutsche, yeah, Deutsche Welle. Uh huh. Yeah, they're they're actually they make very good documentaries. I recommend. They do them. actually. Yeah. They're great. Um, they did one on on Erdogan, like throwing people in jail, like after him. Like, and but also they did a special on his diehard supporters, like the mm-hmm. people who was like, "I would die for Erdogan." It just took a bunch of those people throwing themselves in the middle of the street, like human shields, and you know that was the only price to pay to locking up his political descent. Um, but I don't know. I, you have to look into it because, like, I don't. I, I I honestly don't know what the consequence was for the generals who who performed the coup. Mm. I don't know what the consequence was. I don't either. Do you have any? Like, I I don't. Um, are they still in the country? Are they dead? You would certainly think that they would be killed. After if you're that. watching, like, if we you're would watching kill them. this, if you're watching this on YouTube and you got the documents, let us know. <laughs> yeah, like the U.S. would kill someone for treason if yeah. there was a military coup. Well. Have, when was the last time we killed somebody for treason, though? That's like a good question. something <laughs> like, like a fucking long time ago? No, I think we definitely killed people for treason in World War II, right? That's another question I don't know. I don't know. Man, so many, so many things that we don't know today. Yeah. Let's look it up. We have the internet in front of us. We have the interwebs. When was so, the last... Typing up a book over there, I see. <laughs> I'm just a retarded typer. Um... So I spell everything incorrectly, and I have to click on the autocorrect like 20 times. Did um, you mean? <laughs> let's see. Treason laws in the United States. I don't know. Can I? Did you see anything? I haven't even Googled it. Oh, you haven't? I was I was counting on you. That's why I was like doing such a <laughs> terrible job. Um, all right. List of people convicted of treason. Oh, this is every single country. This is not it. Oh, there's a big list for you for the U.S. Um, Only one person has ever been executed for treason against the federal government. William Bruce Mumford, who was convicted of treason and hanged in 1862 for tearing down a United States flag during the American Civil War. Really? Only one. Convicted of treason and hanged in this... That bastard Lincoln. <laughs> um, so just one. So so you, you were saying you would think that we would kill them. Evidently we don't, because I'm sure that there are other people that were convicted of treason. 
I'm surprised. So you're Herbert surprised John- that we're not murderous? <laughs> no, I, I'm. I just I thought I thought that was what we did when someone did like I. I'm just surprised. Um, Herbert John Bergman, let's see, convicted of treason in 1949 during World War II for spreading Nazi propaganda. You're telling me that he wasn't tried and killed? I mean, according now to the Wikipedia. Now he served his transfer According to the Wikipedia. Well, he no. died in jail. Yeah. He died in jail. And Wikipedia is the authority on everything, right? Naturally. But Naturally. It's, it's also like the first thing that comes up every time I look for something. I know. It's so. just like the, it's the easiest <laughs> it's thing easy. to do. Yeah, it's just easy. Um, I mean, it's fine for just dates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when was the last person who was killed for treason? How many times did you get that? 1862. <laughs> 1862. Yeah. That so, will be your next trivia question. 150 years or something like that ago. <laughs> William Bruce Mumford. For... Someone's going to be, someone's listening to this and they're going to, it's going to be one of those uh, slumdog millionaire moments when they're, <laughs> they're and they're just going to be like, who was the last American convicted for treason? William Bruce Mumford. William Bruce Mumford. Like, that's going to be one of those moments. And uh, he'll probably not get another question right <laughs> if he listens to this show. He'll win, 100, he'll win that first $100. He'll win $100 and, then... and fail it. No, that would be too hard of a question to be in the, in the yeah. hundred dollar. Yeah. You got to get to that would be at like least, the last least, question. Yeah, that's, that's like a that's like a it's like a seventy five thousand dollar question, dude. There's not a single person on earth who fucking knows that. <laughs> Wikipedia does evidently. Wikipedia knows, but like I don't think you could ask. I bet if you ask the smartest people, like just all right, if you ask the Civil War historian, right, then you're obviously gonna know it. But yeah, they'll, they'll probably get it. <laughs> if you just like ask the ran a random person who's not a historian who's like let's just say harvard educated just super bright very well informed and you ask him who was the last american convicted of treason and hanged they're yeah. not going to know william bruce mumford yeah that's some, they're not going to some... be able to throw that name out they might know it happened in the civil war but they're not going to say william bruce mumford yeah that's a fucking question that that would stump like the best jeopardy people dude Imagine right. if like everyone listening right now is like you guys are retarded. Like we all know who Bruce, William Bruce Mumford is. <laughs> it's like you don't know William. You don't know WBM. <laughs> the joke's on you, asshole. Everyone knows who that is besides you. <laughs> that that um, would be. We're we have no answers today on any topic. No, no. Do do you think we still have time for our our the lightest of the topics that we wanted to talk about? Um, in, in, in yeah, China. sure. I wanted to talk about Syria a little bit, but I guess we can save that for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, we do Syria Sy- every day. We need to mix it up. We we do Syria <laughs> every single day, but it's kind of like a developing yeah, thing I that you. I follow. Um, I guess we can save it. I guess the U.S. is saying uh, there's just back and forth about troop numbers. There's really nothing that crazy to report, but uh, there's like there's just a lot of inconsistency with how many troops are going to be left. Mm-hmm. Um, I said we're withdrawing, but I mean, when I said withdrawing, I didn't mean everyone. I meant like probably most of them. But they're gonna leave anywhere. It's it's a it's a it's it's a it's a soft Brexit, right? (laughs) Well, they're not leaving. They're not gonna take all of their soldiers out there. They need to leave a force there to block the highways from um, Tehran to Baghdad to Lebanon because they don't want. 
Iran to be able to have a, a land bridge to Hezbollah through highway access. So they're not going to take everyone out there. Like, it's just, they're not, they're, maybe they'll leave like four, between 400 to 1,000, because 1,000 troops isn't, isn't really anything, you know? So tell they're going to leave the, like uh... this, they're going to leave this small, they're going to leave this kind of small meat shield type force that's like, you know, you can't go here if you fire a missile in here, then you're fucking dead type of thing. Like, you know, it's like a tripwire. Like, the U.S. is right here. You can't... It could be, like, ten soldiers. I mean, obviously, ten soldiers couldn't operate a base, but... Um, it's, it's like how like Trump a, says, you know, it's like, yeah, we're going to pull them all out, and if we need to come back, we got we got airplanes. <laughs> we'll fly some more yeah. people over. But so. they're, there to, they're there to just block Iranian the Iranian land bridge to Hezbollah. Um, okay, enough of that. Yeah. So... What was the other thing? Uh, Yemen. China. I talked about Yemen the other no, day. No, 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 no. China. China. We got to talk about China. China. Um, and the, all and right. the Uyghurs. So I was so I was just um, kind of – it's another thing I didn't know. It's just another thing. It's another thing I didn't know. So I was just, just like – name this, this episode Shit I Didn't Know. Shit I Didn't Know. So um, I was looking up stuff – I was looking up stuff. I was reading the New York Times this morning, oh, as I do sometimes. Progressive, as I do sometimes. As, as, as I do <laughs> sometimes. Um, I mean, I look. I'll when I don't know what I want to speak about. I'll usually just grab a copy of the New York Times and I'll just like kind of scroll through it to look for interesting topics. Mm-hmm. And um, what I saw was that um, I guess a deal is going to go through with China and Italy for China to get port access to uh, this town the city in northern italy mm-hmm. which will which is going to be part of like you know china's huge infrastructure pro- uh, project that connect yeah, like asia and china that import all their cheap shitty chinese products y- you mean europe and china <laughs> yeah sure europe and china um so um i was reading that and i was just like oh i haven't really done that much china stuff lately and um, looks like I'm just gonna do some China research and go down the China. Man, I found out hole. they had concentration camps there. <laughs> <laughs> They're re-education. I was camps, like, Henry. whoa! <laughs> I was like, man, I haven't really followed. Like, the only thing I follow China is in the context of like, just like naval ship movement and stuff like that, or yeah. North Korea. So I was like, whoa! They have concentration camps in China. Yep, they do, or Damn, of China? sorts. You forget how um, it's sometimes I forget like, yeah, like we're critical of U.S. foreign policy sometimes. Most of um, the time. I love America. I just want to be straight. I fucking Same. love America. Same. Um, I'm so happy that I wasn't born in China because I wouldn't exist. China, <laughs> China. Well, you wouldn't exist. You'd be in the concentration <laughs> camp. Um, but China is so all right, they have, yeah, like they've made economic reform and all that, and like yep. they're not, they're not like a poor, impoverished cesspool like they were for most of its, yeah, it, like most of this government's like existence. Yeah. But um, even though they've made these reforms, these economic reforms, they did not make these reforms on the go- <laughs> on the policy level. No. They we we've talked about this in, in detail about their social program, how they have like 
the uh, social, the social credit credits for right, right. All the technology they that you. they're adopting for this, yeah, yeah. All the technology that they're adopting to give people rankings for for their social credit based on uh-huh. good deeds and behavior, which is like complete bullshit. It's just like <laughs> a pure surveillance system just, slash just way Orwell. to extort yeah. people. Yeah, it's like I think it's mostly just a way to extort people. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. the rich people are gonna be able to pay all that shit off if they get a bad right. score. Right. But it's a combination of just being – China is also – it's like all the really, really bad things about being a communist country China has in their right. policy, you know? Right, right, right. Um, but, yeah, I was just like – I didn't even realize they had this Uyghur population. I, I think I may have heard about it once or twice, but I never really looked into it. Like, yeah. how, do you know how many are in camps right now? Uh, I, I think that's largely unknown. Um, from the video that you sent me, he said it was like between one and three million people. So it's like a lot. One to three million people. We need to verify oh. that, but that's a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of people that have camps, but they're like re-education camps. So uh-huh. I guess they're fun. Yeah. So let's talk about Uyghurs. So they are a, um, they are a, obviously a, a minority in China. But China is enormous, so their minorities are massive, um, and uh, they are mostly Muslim, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I think probably not a lot of people know that um, China has a pretty large Muslim community. Um, they uh, are pretty moderate in terms of uh, like on the Muslim scale; like they're not they're not uh, way off on the deep end. Um, so there's that to think about. And uh, they have a pretty close relationship, at least um, with uh, – they're very similar to, say, like uh, Taiwan or Nepal or maybe even like, like uh, Hong Kong in the sense that, like, they have a very strong, like, cultural identity and they, they're kind of separatist in that respect. And China has been calling them separatists for a really long time and only recently shifted over to calling them terrorists um, for political expediency, I think. And, uh, yeah, so China doesn't like them very much. Um, doesn't like them for their ideology. You know, uh, it's, it's no secret that, that China, uh, is, is a secular nation. Um, they actually view, uh, like religiosity as, as like a mental disease. Uh, and definitely the, the Muslim religion, like they definitely don't like those. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's some racism going on there. Uh, what else is interesting about the Uyghurs? Um, they are super close to uh, Pakistan, and they have uh, like some ties with Pakistan, right? And uh, you know, we're, we were talking about some Chinese infrastructure stuff, right? They're they're building you know fucking ports and bridges and and roads all over the damn world, and uh, they need the, where where the Uyghurs are situated on the map. It's like right along the border of of Pakistan, so they need that region to be stable so that they can build the new Silk Road, so to speak you know, uh, and cut across, uh, Central Asia, uh, there. So they, they needed to keep that population quiet and, um, obedient in that respect. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, those are some of the interesting points there. Uh, I thought it was, you know, the, their solution to this is that they're making these, uh, re-education camps that they're sending quote unquote radicals to, uh, which they're pretty loose about who they think are radicals. Um, pretty much anyone who's a Uyghur, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, pretty much anyone who's, I mean, I guess with these with these types of countries, religion is an enemy to them, you know. So yeah. like, 
because it makes you not worship the yeah the state. I mean, religion's a state, you know. Religion is the state. Well, they, you know, they're if you're worshiping a religion, you're not worshiping the state. I mean, some of the propaganda shit that they're they're basically putting them in these camps, and they're saying, okay, for like half the day, you're gonna you're gonna do, you know, you're gonna watch fucking videos, like propaganda videos about how good china is right and you're gonna basically worship xi jinping the the president he's the president right not prime minister president president yeah Yeah, president xi jinping um president pooh bear (laughs) have you ever seen that dude (laughs) uh no who's that um so you know winnie the pooh right pooh bear Bear. so somebody on the internet made uh, a comparison dude google this shit is pretty funny Made a comparison uh, of Xi Jinping with Winnie the Pooh. Apparently, they look oh. kind of <laughs> <kinda> similar. <laughs> Google that shit. Uh, so, if you really want to get banned from China from Chinese media, just do just put that up on our YouTube real quick. Um, and <laughs> anyway, where was I going with this? That's hilarious, right? So they're they're, they're worshiping Winnie the Pooh, right? Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they basically <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. just <laughs> – Wait, there's one with him and Obama, and uh, Obama is uh, Tigris. Really? Hold on. Yeah. You mean you mean Tigger? Tigger. Tigger. Yeah. Tigris. Uh, yeah, I see that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm too scared to say Tigger. I, I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, let's just hope for that, obvious uh, reasons, <laughs> especially uh, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, back to the Uyghurs. Um, so she doesn't really like these guys, you know, uh, for, for various reasons. And, um, yeah, so they're, they're putting them in these camps and they're force feeding them, you know, like a bunch of fucking propaganda and shit like that. And it's clearly going to cause like a fuck ton of PTSD at the best, best case scenario, you know, worst case scenario, it's going to cause a whole lot of fucking tension in that region because, you know, they're basically setting up concentration camps, you know, uh, w- without actually killing them. It's like hard labor camps. Um, they're they're trying to train them on basically how to be the new uh, workforce for China. <laughs> so, uh, so are they like North Korean style camps, or a little bit better? You know, I I, I can't really speak to that. Um, they're probably North, a little it, bit better than North Korean it, ones, I mean, right? Yeah, like the gulags and shit. Like I don't know. It's it's probably not that bad, but. The point, though, is that they're forcing a bunch of people out of their own, you know, human rights freedoms. Like, they don't have mobility freedom. They don't have, like, communication freedom. They don't have even the freedom of religion or, or like, any of these freedoms that, that, you know, in the Western world we believe we hold to be, you know, like, universal. Um, and they're putting them in, in, in these areas, and they're they're basically trying to brainwash them. Some of the interesting things, though, is, like, so they started setting up their their like Chinese like uh, uh, um, social credit score shit in the Uyghur areas just because they're like, hey, let's keep tabs on these guys first. Right? So they set up all of the you know camera systems and shit like that, and then they would send over these guys and like in goodwill or whatever, and say, hey, you know, let's uh, let's also take some DNA samples for you to make sure that you're not like you don't have uh, some kind of disease or something like that, and we're helping you out. But really, they're just collecting fucking DNA samples, and evidently there's some you know I don't know how true this is, but uh, um, there are some efforts on the Chinese side to do some CRISPR on on the Chinese, specifically the Uyghurs, to literally change them. Some gene- some GMO Uyghurs to change them 
and that was uh, that was actually on that video um, that uh, you sent me uh, from that guy who was interviewing the um, the the lawyer for the Uyghur. Um, yes, I yeah I found that video that YouTube channel. I think it's called China Uncensored. Uh, China Uncensored. Yeah, and I actually I, subscribed to them too. I, I was like I was looking at it. I was like. Uh, well, I mean, can I just take this one YouTuber's word for everything? <laughs> <laughs> I was like thinking, I was like, hmm, should I run through all of his videos and uh, just accept him as my authority for China? <laughs> I mean, or he's no. pretty spot on on his shit, and he gets a lot of people on, you know, that are uh, authorities in, in different um, in different areas of, of, of China news. Um, I found out that China was building all those thorium reactors through him. Um, really? Yeah, that's where I got that from. So... He knows his shit. He knows what he's talking about. Maybe we'll reach out to him. He's got a much better budget than we do. But um, he's based out of New York. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll hit him up. Yo, tell us about China. Yo, Chris. China. Chris lowdown. China. China. Tell us about the chi- China. China. <laughs> um, uh, China, the mystical land of couching. No. Crouching it? tigers and hidden couching dragons. Couching tiger, hidden dragon. That's definitely not it. Yeah. No, that's crouching. the that's the United States. We're the couching tigers. <laughs> so, something funny that I uh, blew someone's mind today with some fun fact. What's that? that? You know the movie The Departed. Yeah. Do you know that it was a remake of a Hong Kong film? A remake? How? Of an it's it's uh this movie called Internal Affairs. That came out in Hong Kong. It was like a really famous police thriller. Okay. And, um, and they it just did so changed well. the setting to uh, Boston. Yeah, they just changed the setting to Boston. <laughs> and they added Leo and Matt Damon and Jack Nicholson to it. And That is like have... the definition of whitewashing. Uh... <laughs> hey, I mean, you're, you're, you're it's remarketing a good movie, it though. for a different audience. <laughs> it's they, a good movie, though. The Departed is a great... They got an incredible team to do it. They got Martin yeah. Scorsese and... yeah. Jack Nicholson and Leo mm-hmm. and Matt Damon. Those are really Who else is in good. there? Martin Sheen, uh, Mark yeah. Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg. Whoa. What a what a cast! Oh, what are you talking about, Mark? Mark Wahlberg just adds the explanation point. Um, is there anyone else famous in that movie? Am I missing? Uh, I don't remember. You pretty much covered Alex Baldwin's ones. in it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alex Baldwin. How could we forget about President Trump? Alex Baldwin. The best actor of all time, Alex yeah, Baldwin. Seriously. Um, that's uh, that's there's a lot of movies like that that are uh, that you're surprised. The Ring was a Japanese. Oh, I, film. I already yeah, I knew that one. Yeah, it was better in the Japanese version actually. Japanese movies are apparently super scary. Yeah, I mean, The Grudge is also a Japanese movie too, remake. Yeah, yeah, they're they're fucking creepy. All those movies. They are very creepy. That, like, chick coming out of TV. Yo, can you imagine? All right. Can you imagine, like, the ring happening right now? It's like someone gets, like, that videotape. It's like, all right, cool. I don't have a VCR. The end. (laughs) 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 Yo, even to a certain extent, you might be able to be like, all right, cool. We updated it, and now we put it on a DVD. It's like, all right, cool. I don't have a DVD player either. <laughs> it'd have to be like a flash drive. No, it'd have to be the new it'd version. It'd be on YouTube. Ring. It'd have to be on like yeah. somebody posts it on YouTube or some shit like that. Like honestly, or some like uh, Netflix 
show that kills yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, YouTube would probably make the most sense. Yeah. Um, oh, if you open up this movie, there's some creepy shit on YouTube, by the way. Um, it's like, okay, cool. If you if you click on this link, you have seven days, you know, to live. It's like, all right, cool. I'm not clicking on that link. The end. <laughs> there would be a lot of people who would do it out of curiosity. Um, yeah. You ever see? There's some creepy shit put on YouTube. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, was there's just so many. There's um. Do you ever see that guy who dresses up like a uh, plague doctor? Oh, with like the big nose, like the yeah. bird nose thing. Yeah. No, and I didn't starts, see it, but I, I've and, seen like it showed up on my um, shit. Dude, it's fucking creepiest thing. I couldn't go to sleep after I saw it. It was um, it's this guy. He's in a plague suit, a plague doctor suit, and he's um, he's doing all these hand symbols and stuff, and it's binary. So it's just all zeros and ones everywhere, mm-hmm. when, like he's coding and tra- to translate things. And then when you decipher the binary, it's just like death will come to all, like just like all fucked up stuff he's saying, and it's just fucking creepy as hell. Like I couldn't go to sleep. Whoever made that day scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't go to sleep. Was it this was less scary. than seven days ago? <laughs> Should I be concerned? <laughs> no, I watched it a year. It was a couple of years ago. I saw it, but there's like the list that you can go down on YouTube, just like creepy videos, and every single one fucking scares the shit out of me. Like I'm just, I can't watch them at night. I'll just be freaked out. But this is coming from somebody who's um who had nightmares about paranormal activity. So I think I just might be a big baby. <laughs> uh, that's the scariest movie I've ever I've ever seen. You know, probably uh, probably the scariest movie that I ever seen that wasn't necessarily a horror movie was that. Um, you ever see the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind? Not the third kind, the fourth kind. No, I never. I haven't seen any of them. It's about like aliens, but like it's 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 like a mockumentary almost. It's it's like not a mockumentary. It's like a fake documentary. Where... That's the scariest stuff when it's like real. I'm yeah. not scared of scripted scary yeah. stuff. Like I think that's that's, that's silly. what made it creepy. It was like this woman whose like kid got abducted by like evil fucking aliens or whatever, and like all the way at the end they play like quote unquote actual audio f- like clip of what was happening in the room, and it was like fucking scary, like the alien. Have you ever seen? Um, it's called like VCR or like the tape. No. VCR tape. Oh, dude, this is fucking. Scariest. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. VCR movie. I gotta look this up real quick, and I need to tell it to you and to everyone listening. VHS viral. Is that it? Oh, never heard of it. Is that the movie? Sounds like the ring to me. No, it's like a. Um, I think it's called. I need to get this information out here because I want everyone who's listening to watch this and hate me for recommending it. I think it's called VHS and it's like a, um, it's not one story. It's just like a compilation of like fucked up scary stories Hmm. on, um, in one movie. So it's like these people find a VHS in like some abandoned house and they pull it out. And um, every single, they, they always watch it in like every every 
30 minutes there's just like another creepy fucked up story and it is so weird i need each story is just like what the fuck someone thought of like there's this one where it's a gopro on a guy who turns into a zombie (laughs) 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 he's got this guy's going through like he's he's um, on a mountain bike in the woods and a zombie attacks him and the gopro is still on and he's the GoPro still on, so he turns into a zombie, and he like starts. You see him like go into like a picnic and like start eating. Like, it's it's just crazy. And there's an alien abduction one that was freaky. Um, it was like a really fucked up version of Black Mirror. And that's a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm. A super fucked up, kind of gorish. Oh, there's this one with this cult, and um, there's like this this guy. Um, he he's doing an interview with his cult leader and this guy just turns the cult leader like starts actually becoming like the god that he said he was and he's it's just fucking the most ridiculous thing i've ever watched and uh it's called vhs i'm plugging cool. it cool and it's fucking I'll, it's it's too I'll scary probably for never watch it thanks yeah <laughs> it's, called, it's called vhs there's one really famous one with a girl. There's like one that's really famous, and I think there's a couple of them, but I'm not even sure which one I saw if I was one or two or three. All right. Uh, well, we failed to educate anyone on anything today. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah. Did we? Did we? Edu- All right. The only thing that we learned today is that can we even remember this guy's name now? Because I don't have it up in front of me anymore. Fucking William Bryce Mumford, I think. Ah, oh, fuck. Something like that. We didn't William, even learn William. that. <laughs> I was right. William Bryce Mumford. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. There's something that we we salvaged something from this episode. William Bryce Mumford. We salvaged something. William Bryce Mumford. His name was William Bryce. His Mumford. name was William Bryce Mumford. He died in 1962 for treason, for ripping off an American... 1862. 1862. Man. All right. Um, Peace. See ya. (laughs)